110 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan on the football field. We don't want to coach average. We do want to win because winning is the epitome of team effort. Every coach who ever put a whistle around their neck strives to be the head coach at The Ohio State University. Welcome back, everybody, to Buckeye Bar Guys here on Buckeye Bar Talk. I'm Mike. And I'm John. Tonight's date is Monday, October 24th, 2022. And we're going to talk about the big... uh, 54 to 10 victory over Iowa this past weekend. Uh, just give our thoughts of the game. Um, we thought we're players of the game on both sides of the ball. Any concerns we have and uh, just different things that we liked, possibly didn't like. And uh, so it should be a pretty uh, straightforward show tonight as we're just going to go over the Iowa stuff. Um, but I mean, it, talk about a, a big win. I mean, a little sluggish, maybe in the first half, a little bit off. Iowa's offense uh, absolutely did not put them in any threat to win the game. Um, so, I mean, it was, I think it was a good thing. I know there's some mixed uh, opinions about the first half specifically, but I definitely uh, felt that it was a good, that they were, eh, they got punched in the mouth a little bit. Uh, the offense did, and uh, they made some adjustments and they came out and looked pretty good in the second half. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, kind of go back about the Iowa offense. I think it's, I mean, it's still to me, I feel like it's crazy that it's like the most sure thing I've been this year is that Iowa's offense of all offenses are the one that absolutely could do nothing. And they did nothing. And I mean, that just speaks to, you know, kind of the state of their program. So I don't know. That's probably something they want to fix moving forward. Cause I mean, I, I felt more confident that Toledo could score on Ohio state than Iowa could. So that that's pretty sad. Yeah. I mean, about like uh, different things, getting stuff right and stuff. I mean, we both said Iowa was only going to score 10 mm-hmm. and the touchdown is a defensive touchdown. So that was, right. uh, um, you know, that's and let's face it. They shouldn't have got the field goal. I mean, that was a, that was a bad call on um, Tanner McAllister when they called that pass interference to keep that yeah. drive alive. Yeah. And that, uh, you were pretty sure there they were going to give up a bunch of turnovers. <laughs> six, six. That, <laughs> three and that, three. Uh, yeah, they did. And uh, I was pretty sure that they were going to get a whole boatload of sacks and they did. And like, you know, so I guess we, everybody got something a little bit right. I mean, I was offenses that just that future. And I mean, I don't know. I would have, I know it's a uh, Kirk's son, but he probably, uh, should get his walking papers. Yeah, I think we were joking about it during the game. I mean, how does an offensive line, you know, supposed grew end up being your quarterback's coach? Also, I mean, if he would have just been the offensive line or the offensive line to offensive coordinator, I mean, it's still a bad decision. <laughs> like, We've seen that line. firsthand. What? Like, I mean, both those quarterbacks looked so clueless out there. And like, so mm-hmm. I don't know. He's obviously doesn't know how to teach him anything. So like, uh, yeah, I think, uh, Iowa probably should tell Kirk that it's, uh, you know, I I wouldn't necessarily fire him. He's been there for a long time, but just be like, you know, maybe it's time we, we hang him up a little bit and uh, let's go get a new coach. So 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But but to Ohio State's credit, now they played a really horrible offense that we thought couldn't do anything, and they didn't let them do anything. So, I mean, their defense did their part yeah. there. Of course, you would like their defense to get a better challenge. I mean, I know I would. Um, we're yeah. certainly probably going to see one this week. We'll talk about that on Thursday. But it was something that, you know, you don't – you hate it because – this is the part of your team you're really wondering if how much better you truly are. Yeah. But I mean, you take it. You you definitely don't. What makes you feel better knowing like a bad offense did okay against you or a bad offense did terrible against you. So, I mean, obviously holding them to where they're supposed to hold them um, you know, feels good. It definitely gives a confidence boost. They were all over the field. They did great. Um, offense you had talked about, you know, clunkiness in the yeah. first half um kind of felt felt similar to last year at times with predictability on the run game and they haven't been that way this year so i don't know if it was like when ryan day gets a defense with a pulse against him yeah. that he starts you know clinching up a little bit i'm not sure um i'm not sure if it maybe it was like hey we're not going to show them anything Hey, this is what I like to run the most. So let's really take this time when there's an offense that can't do anything against us. Let's take time to try to, you know, perfect this part of the run game. I don't know, but it, it didn't look good. Um, and you want it to look good, especially because, you know, there was times last year that that really would help them in games if their run game could have yeah. got moving. With that being said, the games that they couldn't get their run game going last year, you know, it was like a barely a two score win against Penn State. It was a one score game against Nebraska. So, I mean, this is a 44 point win. Of course, those offenses were probably better than what you faced against this Iowa yeah. team. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it didn't look great at times, but still, I mean, you can't find too much in a 44 point win to cry about. Yeah. Against a top yeah. five defense. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll get it here. Let's, uh, we'll keep going with the offense. Uh, start that. So uh, going off the running game, what you kind of said, I mean, I, there is concerns there right now, but I would say that like, I'm not ready to say that, uh, I'm completely concerned yet. Like part of me feels like, you know, this is kind of like the first defensive line that could really punch, you know, the offense line in the mouth and they needed that. They just needed to maybe to be that go up against something like that. And, you know, now you got stuff on tape because, you know, whatever, you know, the things Iowa's did, you know, Penn state will probably try to duplicate it and Michigan will try to duplicate mm -hmm. it. And you'll possibly with better athletes. I know that, you know, Iowa's got, at least on the defensive side of the ball, they got, uh, you know, some pretty good athletes. I mean, Campbell is a hell of a middle linebacker. Um, but the so, guys I on mean, Penn state and Michigan are better than them. Yeah. That, I mean, that's how I definitely feel. So, you know, they gave a blueprint. So, you know, I think Ryan day, you know, he's an offensive guru. He will probably have a good understanding how he would think probably defenses are going to try to attack him now. So, you know, going forward against, uh, especially in happy Valley here coming up and, you know, against Michigan at the end of the year. Um, so, you know, that's one thing, you know, I think, you know, and I didn't listen to any of the press time press uh, post-game press conference. So, I mean, I heard Dave seemed a little, you know, upset. And obviously that's, you know, a good thing. He should be upset, I guess, in part. 
but I, like part of me also wonders is, you know, yes, they went away from the run, but maybe if they were playing a better offensive team, they would have tried to establish, continue and establish the run in the second half. If uh, they felt like the, you know, the offense needed it. You know, like part of me is wondering because the Iowa's offense was just so inept and Ohio State's defense was just playing out of their minds that maybe he didn't like what he was seeing in the passing game, not being able to get strikes down the field in that first half. So maybe he just decided that, you know, there's no way in hell Iowa's coming back. And obviously they weren't coming back. I mean, Ohio State scored enough points in the first half to win the game. Yeah. Uh, so maybe he, I mean, I think everybody felt, I mean, I did not think that Iowa was like, maybe they had one more touchdown in them, but I didn't think it was going to be much more than that. That offense looked so god awful. No. And, uh, and I think uh, that maybe, no, go ahead. Sorry. I was just saying maybe somewhere he was just thinking that, you know what? Yes. We, we need to start establishing the run, but you know, CJ's looking very frustrated out there. I want to get some of the, the receivers going. Um, and this team ain't going to come back against me. So let's work on the passing game. Get us, get some feel goods there. And then come practice here that, you know, Iowa's defense is going to put enough on us on tape that, you know, we might find better, you know, running abilities, you know, ways to attack that defense, better rushing, running the ball come practice. And after the film studies. Yeah. And I'm just going to like talk about, you know, kind of one, the, the run predictability um, and issues. And then I'm going to go off into something else that's related. Um, but so I still like, I called it too. Like when they, when they motioned out of the shotgun to the pistol, Oh God, they're going to run a stretch run here. And it got stuffed immediately. I mean, I think it was just, it was an obvious play that they ran. I, they were doing the same thing when they would go pistol, they were doing stretch runs and the running backs kind of like they were doing a little bit too much last year. were getting uncomfortable with the stretch run. Like they would see a guy given, you know, push on the offensive line and they would bounce it outside immediately. Um, and that only hurt them. So we did see too much of that again. And then, you know, if they do go shotgun, it seems like they still kind of just do like a straight up offensive line look, you know, zone blocking, whatever it may be. I mean, I'm not an expert on that, um, but it's still that kind of that same elongated motion where it's like a zone read type of look and CJ's not going anywhere with the ball. And I just. I think that, you know, they still got to, they got to do some more stuff, which again, I don't know. Maybe there is a bag of tricks there that he's like, it's not worth showing against Iowa. You know, let's see if we can establish this part of our game because uh, I can't remember. I think it might've been Bill Landis talking about this earlier, you know, that play that um, Trey Henderson cut back in and he fell and like, he couldn't probably would have had a touchdown if he kept his footing on that. You know, they pulled the center and guard on that. And then they ran it again later in the game and they got like six yards on it. So, I mean, the the run worked the two times that they did it. They just didn't do it often. And I don't know, maybe that was like to get some confidence, like, okay, we're done messing around with these guys. And then eventually they're like, they can't score on us. Let's not show everyone what we can do. Like, yeah. you know, the, the bag's there. Let's keep it there for when we need it. Yeah. I would say that um, before you get to your second point that you wanted to make that, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that like on that stretch run that they, you know, that they were shutting down and stuff and they did. Yes, they did run that a lot of the pistol, 
you got to think at some point here that there's somewhere in that, uh, you know, in the, in the playbook that they're going to try to run that as a counter at some point and, you know, push him back the other way. Like, uh, you know, make three or four of the offensive linemen look like they're making the stretch, but you don't necessarily see the guard that's pulling back the other way. Yeah. And they try to do a counter. Um, I mean, you guy would think you get something like that. It's got to be somewhere in the playbook, but it just seems like over two years that they've never really tried to run it. Yeah. And, you know, I, there's a counter somewhere in their playbook. I mean, I know just from who Justin, you know, Justin Fry is as an offensive line coach and just seeing what they've done with pulling guards few times this year, there's a counter play somewhere in that offensive playbook. So it'll come. Um, second point, and in no way am I advocating for CJ Stroud to be Braxton Miller, to be Justin Fields, to be Terrell Pryor. He only helps himself, though, if he takes free yardage. And I understand he has this thing in his head where he's like, well, I'm trading eight yards for 20 yards or whatever it may be. But the thing is, like, there's still that last component of that, you know, the past. Can someone else, can someone break it up? Can someone intercept it? Is it going to get dropped? wind affects it whatever the hell it may be there's that extra component you gotta say like eventually you gotta be like hey let me take the five yards that are just right there in front of me because for this team to be the death star they need the chains to keep moving they gotta be able to run tempo and that only helps them passing because you'll get less guys turning their backs covering his receivers and that helps them running too because it keeps their offense in motion keeps them ahead of schedule yeah um yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that sometimes, you know, and you say that you're trading eight yards for 20. I mean, there is times that there's 20 yards there. <laughs> like, you know, right. That, you know, your receivers have ran off the guys so far that, uh, I mean, he could easily pick up 20 yards on one of those. And I get it. Maybe is he self-conscious a little bit that he doesn't want to take a big unnecessary hit? <laughs> I don't know. I don't I think mean, the guy's been hit that much in his career that he should be worried about it. I mean, there, I don't know. It could be somewhere stuck in the back of his head. I'm not saying that it is. Uh, I wish he would at least once, twice a game, just do it. Cause that just makes somebody have to think about that. And if that means that, you know, they have to keep a safety or a linebacker out of coverage and just closer to the line of scrimmage just to make sure that he can't peel off one of that's one last guy in coverage. So like, yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, so yeah, I wish he would definitely, uh, I definitely wish he would do that. Um, you know, that that's becoming, eh, it's a concern. Um, for me, I think the biggest concern I have right now, and it's kind of like where you, you were seeing some of the predictability in the run game. I, I was seeing in just in the hard times when they got down and not even necessarily in the red zone from like the 30 yard line yeah. on that, you know, they got some easy like turnovers and they had a lot of short fields <laughs> and Ryan day did say something. I did catch a, you know, a, um, I did catch a, a, a clip of what he said after the game. And I kind of didn't like it, how he phrased it. And I get where he was coming from, but I just wish he wouldn't have said it out loud is that, you know, against Iowa's defense, you're thinking about how do you string, you know, series together. And they had a lot of, you know, short fields and that's just a very hard time. Uh, you know, they, they force you to, 
you know, when they, when they pack the field up like that, it's just much harder to score on them. And it kind of took them a little bit out of their playbook and, you know, and that might be the case, but you got to have, but you got to assume that stuff could happen. You know, I mean, it can happen against good teams and, you know, yeah, a good defense will, when it gets into tighter areas, it's harder to score on them. So you have to have plays in the playbook to be able to score it. You know, I mean, you can't dictate that every series is going to be a 70, 80 yard, you know, drive that you right. know, there's going to be opportunities that, you know, you might have a couple 30, 40 yard fields in a game because your defense is just playing really good or you get a good punt return or whatever. So, I mean, you got to be ready for it. Well, I mean, and Bill Landis actually made this point. I know this one for sure. Bill Landis from rivals. Um, he had said that, you know, I, he doesn't think it's uh, starting too close to the other end zone is a good enough excuse for not being productive on an offense. And I, I agree with him. I agree with you. I mean, that was stuff like that. We saw that last year when the field got, you know, shorter. And we've seen that actually in Day's career. When the field gets shorter, he doesn't always have the best play calling going. Um, sometimes Which, leaves a lot to be desired. Like, and it's just the one thing, like, and I don't understand. And, and maybe it's like it, he gets to a point that uh, maybe he gets too scared in that situation of being repetitive. But like the one things I've always known that it's worked for him when they do it is when they do that rollout and they, you know, the, they, uh, the receiver comes back and he catches a touchdown pass at the pylon. I mean, how many times, I mean, that used to be a, Chris Olave and I know he dropped a couple here and there, but yeah. that was a Chris Olave go-to over the years. And that was that a Buka or Marv? It was Marv, Marvin. Right? Marvin, uh, yeah, yeah, Marv had it this yeah, time. So they they did it in this game, and it's like, like until somebody proves that they can stop that play, I run that play over and over and over again. And that's in that one with Rossi. They've done stuff like that before it works so you know well and, and i think he he's he caught a much better game in the second half it's just yeah. first half i mean that just it left a lot to be desired offensively when you start i mean they just you start in that great a field position so much of the game but they are a good defense and i think you're happy going to the half up 26 10 against them yeah yeah it's just, I mean, it's, it's nitpicking. I mean, I understand it's just some stuff that could come down later. The, the Oh yeah. Weird, uh, You're going to play better teams. teams. I mean, but you know, and we'll get to the defense. I mean, I think what a lot of Buckeye fans are kind of missing when some of the criticism is seeing, and, and I know you people could say, well, it's just Iowa, but they've showed a lot this year that this is a much different defense than it was last year. Right. And so that, I, I feel a lot more confident if, you know, if the Buckeyes offense is, you know, stubbing their toes a little bit that, you know, they have a defense that will keep them in game. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, but you know, so, I mean, those are the concerns on our offense. I mean, just a couple of things that we liked. I mean, I, obviously the second half, like I said, I liked that they were able to make the adjustments that they made and they had a much crisper, you know, first, second half, compared to the first half. And, you know, I told you this, you know, during the game, uh, again, to the lot of the Buckeye fans kind of worrying and stuff like that. I watched a lot of football on Saturday and basically I, I know more eyeballs were probably on that Clemson Syracuse game at noon at a point, 
you know, I'm sure Ohio State's ratings were very good and probably even the best ratings at the noon window, I'm assuming. But I'm sure there was a lot of flipping back and forth. And that obviously in the second half was the more interesting of the two games was the Syracuse Clemson. Yeah. And, you know, there's always a, there's a studio show before every game. There's a studio show at halftime. There's studio shows at the end of games. I saw that on the Ohio state ESPN headlines. I don't know how many the Fox headlines. I don't know how many times on Saturday, nobody said the Ohio state struggle. Like, you know, yeah, it, it was all, you know, Ohio state looked really good in a, a complete victory against yeah. Iowa. And so they, and they showed a couple good highlights of it. So I mean, and that's kind of when you're playing a game like that, that's all you can kind of ask for in mm-hmm. the national, you know, you're still the number two team in the country. You didn't get docked anywhere. And then they actually gained a first place vote. So like, yeah, I mean, no, and yeah, I I mean, I I totally agree with everything you just said right there. Just, you know, love to see the run game be a little bit more complete moving forward, but well, we got time. It'll happen. Yeah. And, uh, your player of the game for, uh, offense. Um, I, I kind of felt like you could almost go with all three of the receivers. I, I think by the end of the day, CJ actually was the offensive player of the game with his second half, but I'm kind of make challenging myself to go with people that are not CJ Stroud. Um, so I said in Mecca, Igbuka, he had six completion or six receptions, 80 yards and a touchdown. Um, he, he caught a pass that really started to change the like momentum and tempo going with the pass game um cj lasered a ball to him going up the seam and he found a way to catch the ball without getting his head knocked off by a safety coming down on him the next play cj makes an incredible throw an incredible catch by marvin harrison jr and then then the final play out of three cj lasered the ball over uh Igbuka in the cornerback shoulder in the back of the end zone where only Igbuka can make an over the shoulder catch so i think a lot of the guys get credit for it I think he had the the best game out of the receiver. So I went with him as my offensive player of the game. Yeah. I mean, I agree with it. It's just to pick any of the receivers and not, a, not necessarily that he had the best game, but I'm going to go with uh, Fleming. I think the guy has really uh, quietly showed himself that uh, they have three really, really good receivers. And even without Jackson Smith, that's a very dangerous, you don't get a lot of teams where you got three unbelievable wide receivers on it. And, you know, and I know there's been a lot of uh, question if they're if they're getting separation and stuff like that. And yeah, they maybe need to be a little bit more physical with defensive backs. If uh, if the defensive backs are going to try to bump them at the line of scrimmage, you know, bump them back. You mm-hmm. know, but on that play right there, that Fleming had that big touchdown. I mean, he had enough separation to catch that ball and score while running. And CJ put it in the perfect yep. position. And uh, you know, he. He went right across the safety's face and, you know, there was no, and you know, that's always the save. And when you're even, when we're even, I'm leaving or whatever. And, uh, they, he comes right across the face and he was gone at that point. And, uh, no, you just knew as soon as you saw it, as soon as you saw it happening, you just knew CJ just had to put a good pass throw on it because it was six. And, uh, so yeah. uh, Yeah. Fleming has been, uh, quite the pleasant surprise this year for sure. I mean, all that guy's doing since he's been healthy is catching touchdowns. Yeah. And that's like all Marv does is catch touchdowns. So, I mean, they got good problems when it comes to receivers for sure. Yeah. Um, and just one last thing on offense before we switch over to the defense. Um, 
on JSN, uh, so, you know, is there concerns there about it? Did he re-aggravate the hamstring? You know, it was a little nerve-wracking seeing that in the game. I, I am going to take some of uh, – I, I was listening a little bit another Rivals guy today on the radio this morning, Austin Ward. He did say he was paying a lot of attention to Jackson Smith while he was on the sidelines. And, you know, he did get looked at real quick, but then he was right with Heartline and Day, and it seemed like he could go back in if he wanted to go back in. So maybe it was just Ohio State being overly cautious. And, uh, you know, they did, I mean, which was probably kind of a lie that that was the pitch count right there. But, you know, I think it was probably the necessary pitch count. So, I mean, we'll mm-hmm. see going forward, obviously later in the week, what the availability reports are saying and stuff like that. But, you know, according to at least what Austin said he was seeing, it seemed like that Jackson Smith could have went back into the game. No, I mean, that's definitely reassuring. And and I heard that, too, that, you know, he kept his helmet on and he was with Day and Hartline the whole time. So seemed like he was he could have done it, but glad he didn't. He didn't need to. Um. All right. You ready to move over to defensive? Yeah, let's hit the. All right. I mean, do you want to just go defensive player of the game? I don't think. Do we really got to do a whole breakdown or? Um. Right now. I'm not going to say I see any concerns. I just, we kind of talked about this later and I don't think we're going to necessarily see it until Michigan. We might see a little bit more at Penn state, but you know, we haven't really played a complete offense yet. to really get yeah. a good feel, but I mean, in college football, who really gets to see that in a week out? So I don't know if that's really like special to us or not, but I like, think Penn state and Maryland give you something to look at you know yeah Yeah. and then i mean i think it's more complete with michigan as far as talent wise not necessarily what they execute or what they try to do um but i think between the three teams you know you see great athletes you see a pretty good passing game pretty good running game you see a really good offensive line really good running game so I i think you can piece together a lot of info but with the three of them with Michigan possibly being the hardest test of the three. Yeah. Um, I definitely agree with that. I'm so interesting to see, you know, when you talked about that last game of the year, if, uh, if Ohio, so obviously we have a lot more time to delve into that. As yeah. But if Ohio state does get them out of their comfort zone, you know, and not letting them run the ball at will, like they did last year. And it seems like how they've been doing this year that, is Michigan a complete enough offense that they can win after that play? Because I know that, yeah, we would like to run the ball more, but I feel confident in our offensive game plan. Uh, you know, even if the running game isn't slightly working that, uh, you know, that we can play mm-hmm. with our passing game. And actually I feel confident for whatever reason, if Stroud was off and the receivers weren't really having a good game that, I think as a one dimensional team that we could still run the ball if, uh, if we're really forced to, and you know, and you got to play smash power football. It's just interesting to me if, you know, we'll see if Michigan can do that at the end of the year. Um, the one thing I did like about this, what I saw from the defense, it was just that Knowles was kind of showing a couple different things. He was running a three down lineman, three linebackers set. We haven't seen that this year. Yeah. 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 He, he had been run. He ran a lot more, uh, four down linemen with their hands in the ground that we've seen all year. So it's like, 
it's like now he's kind of like playing a little bit. Like uh, I'm going to show you guys a lot of different fronts that, uh, we, you know, let's put a lot of things on paper for our teams to practice. And he almost used like a third linebacker at times as a, came down over, you know, the backside of the defensive end, almost like a fifth down, like a fifth lineman. Yeah. So, he, I mean, they did a lot of interesting stuff in the game. And yeah, Knowles, I mean, he's shown that uh, he has, he has a bag of tricks as well on defense. So, I mean, like there's just, there's not a ton you could take from this game. I mean, I, I laugh like <laughs> They they split out their tight ends and they did a bubble screen with a tight end when they needed like 12 yards to gain or something like that. You know, it was just like these guys have no imagination or the imagination that they have is just really stupid. Like, why would you? I mean, you got to have someone on your team that's faster than that. Yeah, I think probably the thing that got me the most frustrated about the defense and it was late in the second half. It's just that when when you know that there's obvious like uh, they might run a draw. They had had two bad draws right in a row. Yeah, that was that's that was bad. Yeah, and it's like, like, hey, this could be a draw, and then like they did it the the first time's one thing. They ended up getting a fourth and one because he fumbled and had to come back to where he fumbled it at. But uh, the second one, he goes out and gets another like another first down on it, like just a what is a couple plays the next series or a couple plays later. I don't remember, but it's like, hey, you know. I mean, I guess that's something you got to look at on the, you know, you don't want some team to get a stupid first down because you weren't ready for a draw. So like, yeah, and I I get the reasoning behind being super, you know, aggressive and trying to pressure the quarterback and blitzing. But at the same time, it's like they can't do anything offensively, man. They got third and forever. Just just freaking, you know stay back <laughs> stay you know try to get the pressure with four yeah yeah um and then just the last thing on the just the before we get get into just a couple of things i want to say just a couple of things i'm impressed in before we get to the player of the game and then maybe you can list <laughs> off a couple um it's just that i really liked again i'm liking when uh what this whole his idea of five defensive backs is safeties i've said this before it's just it makes things so unique because the safety, if you have good safeties are the most versatile guys yeah. on the defense and they can do a lot. And these guys do a lot. You know, McAllister does a lot. Ransom's doing a lot. Proctor's doing a lot. Kitnick's doing a lot. And it's like, you know, they're just out there making plays. You know, he's able to show so many different looks with them. He can bring eight guys up in the box and still have a safety back. He could, uh, you know, he could show eight guys in the box and drop a second safety. He could have two safeties back and bring one up at the last minute. Like there's just a lot of things that, uh, you know, they can do with them. And he's been doing a lot with them. I mean, they're showing so many different formations and, you know, coverages and stuff. And he, he can just do so much. And, you know, the one thing he really hasn't done a lot yet with them. And I'm really expecting this to start happening down the stretch. He hasn't really blitzed those safeties. He's blitzed his corners a few times, yeah. but he hasn't really blitzed the safeties. And I'm expecting to start seeing that a little bit as uh, some of these bigger games are coming down the stretch, just to throw things, wrinkles in that you haven't seen. Um, and then just, uh, you know, a nice shout out. I was very impressed. I mean, I've been impressed all year with the linebackers and, you know, to the defensive line to a point. I really just loved how the whole, I mean, Iowa, yeah, they're Iowa. They couldn't do anything. But that front seven made sure they couldn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, you know, they were 
everywhere on those guys and they were hitting the quarterbacks and they were, you know, getting into passing lanes and, you know, making him make mistakes. And so just super impressed. I, I loved all the pressure I saw from them. And, you know, I mean, yeah, Iowa is Iowa, but hopefully you don't know what kind of boost that could have given some of the confidence that for that defense line to really, you know, come down the stretch and really, you know, shut some teams down. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's well, yeah. I mean, that your front seven just dominated this game. So I can, yeah, I agree with you. It's you needed it. I mean, your front seven didn't always play the greatest football last year. I mean, it wasn't, I think it got amplified how bad they wore based off of that Michigan game. Cause I mean, yep. they were a decent unit outside of that. Um, but you know, that's, this was the type of game that last year they didn't always look the best with a team that wanted to just go punch them in the mouth. And they looked really, really good in this game. And I, again, Iowa's often sucks. We, you know, we've established that there's nothing, nothing's going to change that. No one can say anything that's going to change the fact that Iowa doesn't have a good offense and they are coached very, very poorly on offense, but our defense did what they were supposed to do and they dominated. You did what you needed to do. That was what you were expected to do. And they, they exceeded expectations. Right. They exceeded expectations. So that was awesome. Um, There was a, Good. Um, I think so. You know, just uh, player of the game. I we probably. I think we probably have the same guy in mind. Uh, so maybe if uh, you wanted to say a couple of things to the guy, I think it maybe throw a second person out there, and I'll throw a second person out there. But <laughs> um, the guy that I was originally picking, or that I picked, I picked Zach Harrison. Okay, yeah, I <laughs> so uh, I mean Zach. <laughs> I'm going to Zach didn't have like the most outrageous statistical, you know, output of a game, but just, but this has been his career. He's not a sack machine, but he does everything else. So well sets the edge, stops the run, gets pressure on the quarterback, sometimes a step too slow, but he gets pressure. And now he's like, he's playing loose. He's almost like the energizer of that defensive line. You know, you see him trying to get the crowd pumped up. He's trying to get the other guys pumped up. Like this is, I think he's just in a a place finally that he feels more comfortable just not having to be chase young, that he's being Zach Harrison and he's being disruptive. I mean, he only had two tackles, but they were two tackled for loss. One was a sack. Uh, He had a forced fumble on the sack. He had a hurry. He had a tipped ball. The one thing actually that kind of got me the just in my head the most about this is he only had 20 snaps in the game. And I don't know. I mean, maybe <laughs> how many offensive plays did Iowa even run, to be honest? I mean, they, I they turned the ball over so many times. So maybe that was a lot of snaps. But, um, you know, Mike Hall, he dominated Michigan State on like seven snaps. And I just think that there's a point like, man, we got to stop messing around with all these rotations. Like you got a best five. Like they they need to see the field as much as possible. Yeah, because I think no, your I, numbers that you're missing start getting there. If those guys are on the field more, you know, yeah. like that, at least that's what I feel. I, and I think they're, I agree with that. I think they're still maybe in a little bit of a rock and a hard place. They want to, they want to keep everybody as fresh as possible. And that's definitely helps you do it. Um, but a couple of the other guys, like, you know, I mean, you know, Jaron Cage has started to impress me. Some, mm, yeah. Uh, I didn't, 
same with Taron. I mean, Taron Vincent's looked good. So like where I was getting a little frustrated earlier in the year that I thought they were maybe letting cage in a little too much, but uh, I thought he he's been quietly putting together a bad season. Baptiste had a pretty good game this, yeah. in this game too. So like they all did good enough that they should all, I thought they were fine playing, but um, yeah, no Harrison was definitely my player of the game for everything you said. Um, I mean, I don't know if you have a second guy just to throw out there. I mean, mine was, I, I'm still going with Tommy. The dude's like <laughs> literally all over the field. I mean, you can make an six. argument for, I mean, between Tanner and McAllister too. I mean, but Tommy, I'm going to say Tommy. What about Cody Simon? Is, Cody Simon. There was a lot of guys I was impressed with in this game, but yeah, they were, I was nice seeing them out there. Steel impressed the hell out of me. Yeah. I mean, he had some nice tackles behind the line of scrimmage, uh, you know, for tackles for loss. So like, I'm just, I really like where this defense is at right now. I would like, I, I, I just wish college football wasn't college football that you play such a wide variety of just bad teams that are just, you know, they only have so many good players because there's just some people I would like to, you know, kind of shut up, just be like, okay, see this team, this defense is really, really good. Yeah. I think this defense, you know, is good enough to win them the national championship with you know, this offense and they're at a point now where I have, I'm really having confidence that this defense, you know, if, if the offense does, you know, if you get into a big game against Michigan or Alabama or Clemson or, you know, Georgia, where there's some defenses that might be able to slow your offense down some that this defense can slow their offense down some, and you know, it's not going to, you're not going to get put behind by two or three touchdowns. Um, and, you know, you know, you're trying to claw back into it where, you know, it, it can help your offense really settle into a game. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, I, I actually I, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but, you know, your defense might be just as good as those great defenses that you just mentioned. But thing is, Ohio State outside of Michigan possibly Georgia, which Georgia I've, I've seen their struggles on the line, but Ohio state's got the best offensive line out of all those teams. So, you know, it's like, I don't, I mean, I don't know if you can go blow for blow with them because there's a good chance that they're going to get through Buckeyes are going to get through your offensive line and you might not have the same success. I've watched a little less of Georgia this year. I have watched a lot of Alabama um, and I've actually watched a lot of Michigan. And I actually think, you know, Ohio state and Michigan have the two best. I agree. Lines I in agree. The country. Yeah. And like, so, you know, so that's, that's my, uh, you know, praise to Michigan for the week, but I, I do, I actually do like their offensive line. And I think it, they actually might be a better offensive line than they were last year. And mm-hmm. so, I agree. Know, and that's saying a lot. So, you know, uh, yeah. You know. And I'll just kind of finish my Iowa thoughts on uh, CJ Stroud ended up with a 66% passing 286 yards, four touchdowns and an interception that wasn't really intercepted. So as bad as, as bad as, you know, people think CJ might've played at points of that game. That's still a offensive quarterback performance that anyone would take against Iowa. Anyone would be more than happy with like, that's a great performance against Iowa. Yeah. 
All right. Anything else you want to throw out there for tonight? No, I mean, I, I felt good about the game mostly. I and mean, like I said, there's some stuff in the first half that I wish like shorter field. I would have loved to see some touchdowns out of that. But hell, I mean, we cannot finish this episode without saying like props to Noah Ruggles for going four for four on field goals. Like yeah. he has not been always, used a lot this year. Yeah, he's and you know, he, he proves himself. He proved himself last year as a field goal kicker. Yeah, he's proven himself this year, you know, knock on wood. He doesn't hit any bad stretches or anything like that, but you know, you never know. I mean, I know this is new age college football. You know, I grew up in the Trestle era that you never know. Right. You're going to need a field goal kicker out there to go win you uh, a big game as time's expiring or something like that. So, yeah. Um, and then it sounds like starting uh long snapper Bradley Robinson was actually lost for the year. I uh, got hurt covering a punt so that sucks because that's just a huge guy in special teams you know you know you can't lose your long snapper hopefully the backup's yeah. ready to rock and roll on that but definitely a tough loss for a team you know unsung type of guy that you you don't want to move forward without so hopefully he's not missed as far as you know play on the field but that, that is a tough one to replace yeah ex- yeah definitely agree Alrighty. I think, uh, I think we're good for tonight. So let's get on out of here. All right. Well, thank you everyone for stopping in tonight to the Buckeye bar. I'm John and I'm Mike. Oh, H I O.